Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. If I want to buy it again today, then that's what I should do. If I wouldn't buy it today at that same price, then you should probably sell it. And I think that's the skill set that investors are almost required to have going forward as choices and opportunities and efficiencies become more commonplace. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service. Here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. And because it is Sunday, we got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday, where we talk about a specific skill that you can hone after listening to this or perhaps adopt if you haven't adopted it. And this is an important skill. This is a skill on how to stay true to your original financial modeling. Basically, 
how to not get greedy and identify when it is time to exit out of an investment. With us today to talk through that, Jordan Fishfeld. How you doing, Jordan? Good. How's everything? Thanks for having us. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. And Jordan is the co-founder and CEO of CFX Markets, which is a venture-backed trading platform. And I interviewed him, episode 558, episode titled How to Invest in a Secondary Market. So you can learn more about it there as well as hear his best advice ever on a previous episode just by searching his name on thebesteversshow.com, and that will come up. But with that being said, Jordan, even though we've talked about it a little bit, can you give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your company, and that will add some relevancy to our conversation with the task at hand for what we're going to talk about? Yeah, sure. So my background is obviously in real estate. I ran a capital raising platform for uh, real estate transactions and found that investor liquidity was a really big issue and something that I wanted to support more specifically. And so my partner and I developed a trading platform where investors, minority investors and LP investors could go and sell their assets in a open, transparent, but secure way. And then before that, I was an attorney, which uh, that was fun, kind of. (laughs) All right. So you've got the legal background and then you've done some crowdfunding work and now you've got the secondary market with CFX markets where people can sell their shares of companies on a secondary market if they need to exit out of it. So the skill that we're going to be talking about today is how to know when to stay in or when to leave an investment. How should we approach this conversation? So I think there are a few different things that come to mind in deciding when it's the appropriate time to exit. And I think when you're the sponsor, when you're in control of the deal, that decision is actually much easier. You'll sell it when you want to. And when you think you can get that cash back, that will be supportive to your investors. Where it becomes really difficult is what if you're one of those smaller investors and right now is the time that you would normally want to sell it? What do you do? So what we've found is most investors, both sponsors and limited partners kind of suffer from, it's clinically called the endowment effect, but basically when you own something, you kind of want to keep owning it, even if it's not in your best interest or fitting within your original model. And so what I think is a unbelievably important skill is with every investment, real estate included, and probably most importantly, if you were targeting a... 20%, 15% return on a specific project over a certain number of years, and you've kind of hit your pro forma, think, would you buy it today at the price that you are looking to sell it? And if the answer is no, then you should probably sell it. And really sticking to that pro forma or that goal that you set for yourself going into the project. And I know Prior to some of the new technology and new rules, it was really hard if you were a limited partner to sell your asset, but that's not the case anymore across all assets. And so it really is now a skill of the investor, not just the sponsor, but a skill that the investor has to have going into these limited partnership deals is annually reviewing your deal. Is this exactly where you want it to be? Is the return that you're expecting going to continue? And if not, you have that opportunity to sell it and kind of guarantee whatever return your goal was originally set for. I'm reading a book that is titled Mistakes Millionaires Make. It is one of my favorite books of all time. I've literally, I bought it yesterday and I am probably going to finish it today. 
<laughs> it's that good. And a lot of the, well, I'd say 25% of the mistakes listed in there have to do with an entrepreneur having a company. In this case, it's not necessarily real estate, but it's certainly relevant to real estate investors. Having a company, it's worth a hundred million bucks, but yet they stick in, stick in, they don't sell. And then eventually, holy cow, something happens, the winds shift, the government gets into their business and all of a sudden it's worth nothing. Or even in a better case scenario, that's not tragic. <laughs> you spend the next nine years with this business and it's now still only worth a hundred million when you could have taken that nine years ago oh, yeah. and done something better with it, right? And that's where I think a lot of value is lost, both in real estate and in other opportunities where you end the project where you're like, oh, this is great. But if I could have sold it five years earlier and had the same gross return and put that money to work in maybe some project that's more appropriate or even gained a little bit more diversification and more safety, was that a better decision at that time? And I think that you're right. That mistake, that endowment effect problem is something that really hard to overcome. This isn't an easy thing to do to sell something you own that's going well for you. It's a very hard thing. And I think that's why it's a great skill that is a learned skill. It is not a natural occurrence. It's something you have to learn and be good at and really stick to. And I think people that do it well benefit tremendously from putting capital to the most efficient use possible at the most efficient time. And on the flip side, the grass is always greener. And if we have something that's working... And we are comfortable with, in this case, we're a passive investor. We're not the general partner. We're a limited partner. If we're happy with the general partner, because so often the number one thing is, is the general partner someone who I trust and do they qualify based on what I'm looking for in someone overseeing my investments? Because the deal's secondary. It's always secondary. The people running the deal is primary in any investment. So if we're comfortable with that individual, then why not hold on to what we're doing with that individual already versus going and taking it out and doing the grass is greener somewhere else? Well, I think it's a few points there. First is there's no reason why you can't take that money and put it into a new project of that same manager. So most managers aren't running one project and are not raising for one deal at any given time if they're that good. So to say, I would like to take my cash out of this deal, which has kind of already run its course. Specifically, talk about a development project. We found great developers who know how to manage a construction crew, know how to put together great plans, work with the government to get approvals. And then once they get their certificate of occupancy, they kind of pass it off to a brokerage or a property manager to lease it up. And so most of your bet is on the developer, not on the mm -hmm. property manager. Yep. So if in this case, why not sell at the time of the certificate of occupancy and put money into the new developer's project, which is what you would bet on the first place. So things like that, that one, again, a new capability given the new rules and the new technology. So this wasn't always possible, which is why many investors I think we'll have a very difficult time with this process in the early days. But if you compare asset classes, so public securities, specifically people who are not traders, people who invest, let's say in Apple or Facebook, not to try to sell it the next day or during a spike and then a dip, but who say, you know, I believe in this company, I believe in the manager, and I think it's going to grow. They look at that stock every six months, maybe every year and say, do I th still think this is a good company that's going to grow? And if you're 
bet on Groupon early. And then you two years later said, is this still going to grow? And maybe you said no, and you sold it and you did really well. Facebook, I think if you look at the company a week after it IPO'd or a month after it IPO'd and looked at it today in both instances, you said, I think this company still has tremendous growth potential. And that's kind of the same analysis. I'm going to buy it again today. If I want to buy it again today, then that's what I should do. If I wouldn't buy it today at that same price, then you should probably sell it. And I think that's the skill set that investors are almost required to have going forward as choices and opportunities and efficiencies become more commonplace. That's a really simple, boiled down way of looking at it. If I wouldn't buy it at today's price that I could sell it for, then I should sell, right? Yeah, I think so. And there's obviously a lot of different theories, but this is one that I think will definitely be a, a great skill. And the more and more investors that start thinking this way, and we're seeing it already in the financial advisor and kind of alternative asset marketplaces. Advisors now, when they do your annual checkup, I mean, this is exactly what they do. They just haven't been able to make that same recommendation for real estate. And I think that's why this is a really powerful tool for active and passive real estate investors that is kind of been overlooked in this market because it hasn't been that easy to do earlier in kind of the, the history of this asset class. And now that it is much easier, again, with the new rules and new technologies, it's something that needs to bleed over into this space to have that same type of efficiency that we have in, in kind of the public market investment decision-making process. The one challenge that I would have with that, just thinking about a little bit more, if I would not buy it at this price, then I should sell it, is if I bought it at a lower price, and let me use a specific example, apartment community I have in Houston, it's 250 units, bought it for $14 million. And 16 months later, it is worth $21 million. We got an appraisal, we put in 2 million, so all in we're at 16, now it's worth $21 million. Well, it's worth 21 million, but I would have a hard time buying it for 21 million because we bought it for 14 million. Uh, however, that doesn't mean it's not a really good investment if I brought in additional capital and did even better renovations and increased the rent even more. So there's got to be some sort of psychology with price anchoring tied into this because just like stores buy it for 100 Wait, no, never mind. We just slashed the price to 50 Well, now I don't ever want to buy it for 100 even though it might be worth $200. So there's got to be that playing into that mentality as well. There's so much psychology in this decision process. And, and actually part of this thesis is coming from what's going on in Michael Lewis's new book, The Undoing Project, which if you haven't read, definitely check it out. It's all about the psychology of decision-making and financial market decisions. And you're exactly right. Price anchoring, emotional relationships with the asset class, the fact that you already own it. I mean, they have a name for what you just described, which I talked about earlier, which is the endowment effect. You own it and you bought it cheaper. And so you don't want to one, sell it or two, buy it for a higher price than you originally paid for. Mm -hmm. So the psychology around that, again, why this is, I think, a very hard skill to learn and to implement, but at the same time, very, very relevant. Now, the question I would have for you is similar market, similar asset class, $21 million apartment project that has some renovation capability with the ability to boost rents and increase occupancy, would you buy that next door? And if you said yes, then the, clearly the reason why you wouldn't want to pay 21 for this specific project is because your basis was lower and you've price anchored. Mm -hmm. But if you would buy the project next door with the exact same features for 21, 
then I think you've made the right decision to keep it and hold it and to put more money into it. You're exactly right. The psychology around this process is very potent and it requires a very determined and sophisticated and focused investor. And with this skill, I think you'll see some great return on your projects. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about as it relates to should I stay in longer or should I sell that we want to talk about? Well, I think it's a multivariable decision. So I think should I stay in longer? Would I buy this project at this price? I think is a great baseline. Again, everybody has their own tax burden. And so you'd have to just ensure that selling it is the same as buying it because when you sell it, you're actually going to get a tax bill. When you buy it, you don't get a tax bill. So making sure that that's considered. And then the other thing is, is there a project that you can put your money in to satisfy your same goals? And I think that's a really relevant point right now is if I sell this project that my initial target was 12% and now I've hit that, and I know that for the next four years, I'm basically going to be making 8%. So that'll reduce my overall yield on the project to, let's call it 10. Can I find anything that has a greater than 10% yield in this market right now that has the same risk profile? And if not, then you kind of are stuck in your current project for that reason. Where I see it being really problematic is specifically in the development project. You create all this value. You have this great jump in IRR from year one to year two or three whenever you get your certificate of occupancy. And then during the lease-up phase, you're kind of averaging down your IRR as the, the leasing effect takes place, right? But if you can move that money into another development project and kind of go after your 25-ish, 20% return over that two-year period with significant risk, and if that's what your profile is hoping for, then you should do it. So again, it still always depends on the investor individually and the projects individually and the opportunities available to that investor. But as opportunities explode with the online capital raising space, as information explodes all over with podcasts and papers and books, and as yields compress, there's a lot of different reasons why you should stay and not stay in certain investment. But I think the skill of just doing a checkup on your investments and making that decision is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I certainly agree. And this has been a fun conversation. Jordan, where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Come to our website at cfxtrading.com. That's charliefankxraytrading.com. You can email me at jordan at cfxtrading.com. And looking forward to hearing from your users and also always looking forward to chatting again with you. Cool. Well, Jordan, thanks so much for being on the show talking about if we should or shouldn't stay in a, an opportunity. We should just always do a checkup on our investments, take a look at the tax consequences, the true value of it today versus when we bought it, if we still would pay that same amount for a similar or exact property, but just not that one to try and distance ourselves from the process. If we're reaching our goals, if we already reached our goals, and if we have a new project that will accomplish whatever we're looking to accomplish. And the development deal is a good example of that. There's more risk on the turning dirt into actual steel in places where people can live, but then there's less return on the lease up because the risk has certainly been mitigated a lot once people are starting to move in there and, and occupy. So maybe if you're wanting to do something more aggressive, then you can just bounce around from development deal to development deal during the first 12, 24 months. Thanks so much for being on the show, Jordan. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon, Joe. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day -day tasks? 
Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.